0: I am Emily Giles. I have recently completed my PhD at the Open University, during which I had two children. Um, today, we are going to be discussing uh, the trials and tribulations of having kids during your PhD, how you might manage it, um, how you might manage your research, how you might go about, I guess, kind of childcare. And such and I'm going to be in discussion with Jade Lavelle um, who is an academic now in Bristol who also did her PhD at the OU whilst having kids. So Jade thank you for joining me today Um, would you like to introduce yourself and maybe what you do?
1: Sure Um, so I'm Jade Um, I'm currently a lecturer in criminology and gender violence at the University of Bristol Um, and yeah I'm about just over a year out of my PhD. Um, so I did it at the Open University and I looked at the life stories of men who experienced childhood domestic violence and became involved in gangs.
0: Oh, brilliant. Thank you very yeah. much. No, no, it's really good to, to just kind of hear more about your background um, and your focus of research as well. And so I guess one of the reasons that we're having a conversation today that is that we are both from you. a research background. Uh, we both have kids and we've both experienced what it means to have uh children uh, during a PhD which which can be absolutely wonderful but also quite challenging as well so yeah. it might be good just to hear um from you a little bit um just about i guess your your PhD and at the point when you sort of um you know had your kids and i mean maybe first of all just like how you felt about it i guess actually if that's okay
1: yeah sure um so when I applied for my PhD, I had a six-month-old, and so if in a way it was kind of a conscious plan to do a PhD with children, because I kind of thought, you know, when I when I just had um, my daughter, I tried to find a sort of part-time job uh, doing similar to what I was doing, and I'd moved a house to a different area. And to be honest, I found that actually the stipend for the PhD would pay the same as. A sort of part-time admin role down the road so i thought well i might as well do it you know i can be at home with her i can work flexibly I can study in the evening so it was kind of a conscious thing and then plans went awry when i had twins at the end of my first year which was not although i'd planned you know i would thought it would be a nice time to start my family that was the last thing i expected so um so yeah i had twins at the end of my first year i just got through ethics and um, took six months off uh, to be with them and then went back uh, full time, mostly because, you know, the stipend isn't isn't great. So it it wasn't really an option to be any more part time than that. Um, So, yeah, it was a shocker. But but I feel like, you know what, looking back, I'm here to say, you know, I managed it and it was okay. You know, Mm. it was mental, but okay.
0: What about you? (laughs) Yeah, so for me, so I so I had um I had my kids a little bit later on in the PhD process. So I had them um during my second year when I'd just done my user studies. So I'd sort of like you know I'd, I'd I'd done my lit review, and I'd passed my probation. Um and I basically had like planned my studies, I'd done most of them, and I managed to cram in one last lab study. Before actually like having having Ethan, and she was one week early actually. So I actually did take a month off before having her away from like research, away from everything. So that was quite good. Um, but I think it is always that challenge of just trying to get things wrapped up before having your kids. So I was going to ask you. So you were at the end of your first year um when you had your twins, so for your area of research obviously of all areas of research it's it's slightly different how different like schools do it had you like did you have to do a probation report had you like pass the probation period at that point then or yes
1: yeah so um funny enough when i when we started thinking about okay let's you know leave it to chance and see what happens i I thought right well if if i happen to get pregnant on today the first day I would just get through my probation and my ethics and I'd just be before fieldwork. And that's what happened.
0: Oh, wow.
1: (laughs) So there's almost a bit, um, yeah, it was perfect timing in in the way that I had a natural break um, because I'd had my probation, corrections and ethics approval. So then I was just waiting. And actually I was able, while I was off on leave, to make contact with the frontline agencies to try and get participants. So it was, it did just work out. Almost there are these natural breaks, aren't they, through the PhD where you yeah. move from phases. So I was fortunate that I wasn't in the middle of a phase because I think that must that would be a lot more challenging.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fabulous, actually. That's, that's absolutely brilliant. And it's interesting to hear that, so you, you kind of use that time when you're off with your twins to do a bit of that like preliminary kind of making contacts firming stuff help with people because that can take a lot of time can't it, actually when you're building relationships and when you're doing like social research where you need to have collaborations with participants with your organizations that's a, yes. that's a big load of work I found that with my research too actually mm. you know yes it it's to
1: keep it ticking over while you're off although trying to keep keep your head out of it it's, that's the challenge isn't it to kind of keep that um keep that feeling that I am a researcher actively yeah. but I'm not trying to let it overwhelm me I'm off That is, is hard hard balance
0: yeah yeah well that's quite interesting actually that's like quite a nice segue for maybe like having a bit of a discussion of like how did you sort of prepare for going back into your research because I mean obviously I know mm-hmm. that you had your sixth month old already but then obviously when you when you have another kid or another couple of kids in your case like yeah like you kind of know what you're doing you've been a parent already like like already but it is a challenge and having these extra little people you're looking after so what was your sort of approach I guess for, for getting back into your research I like, did you have like really strict schedules we were like oh let's just see what happens were you quite chilled about it like how, how did you sort of go back from your I guess Matley, from your yes. PhD back into your research
1: um well I think I was probably quite fortunate because my research design was that I would do a small amount of really in-depth interviews. So I think that was a benefit in a way, because I had sort of six months to do like eight, eight participants, maybe interview them twice each. So it wasn't an overwhelming amount. But actually one of the things that I found the most challenging, um, which you might have found too, is because you're a PhD student on a stipend, you're not employed officially.
0: Mm.
1: So wh- I wasn't eligible for the free 30 hours childcare mm. for my eldest because you have to earn a minimum amount, even though we, I was earning it on a stipend, but mm. it didn't count. So I had to, so I asked my supervisor who gave me extra paid work mm. so that I could meet the threshold because then otherwise, you can imagine with three, my childcare bill was astronomical and it oh, actually ended God. up more than my stipend. Yeah. <laughs> so I found the biggest logistic char- logistical challenge was actually Affording the childcare and and feeling that that awkwardness between not being technically employed so eligible you know if you weren't if you weren't in a PhD you would have had maternity co- maternity pay up to nine months yeah but for a PhD stipend it was six months and then nothing yeah so I found that the most hard the diff most difficult part about planning to return um just trying to figure out how on earth to do it
0: i know i know and it is it is really tricky isn't it and now i've 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 come across similar challenges as well and and it's it's kind of i think it's tricky because again like we are we are few and far between sort of people Mm -hmm. having kids you know during you know like a phd process and it's not always talked about the challenges aren't always talked about and i think I think people are really supportive and, and, and lovely and they're really keen, but then it's not always really maybe talked about, well, how can we make this work financially more for PhD students? Or, you know, what, what can we do to make it? I mean, there needs to be like just more campaigning behind it really on like a larger scale, like scale, not just one university or something, but it is something which I think needs to have more awareness around it. Um And yes, no, I know what you mean about the childcare. It's like you're trying to get your PhD finished, but then you need to, you need to, I I, I was convinced that we could put our daughter in nursery for maybe just two days a week and I'd get my PhD finished. Mm-hmm. No, 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 that wasn't going to happen. So he ends up being a child as well. Oh. No, it is, it is quite hard. It is quite hard. And so then, you know, I guess for you, so, so it's how long did your PhD process take you in total then between, I guess, you know, kind of starting and then have, mm-hmm. having your twins and then, and then uh, passing your Viva, I guess, how, how long was that process?
1: Oh, um. so I finished within, think like the last month of my funded period. So I guess, three and a half years, if you think I took six months out, it was extended by six months for maternity. Um, but in terms of the Viva, and so I, start- I started in 2016, September, and I finished and oh, cool. had my Viva in April 2021. And then a couple of months for corrections. My Viva was one of the last in person before COVID. Wow,
0: so you did the Viva really recently then.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. This might not be relevant for this, but yeah, I started working (laughs) full time. um,
0: So I started those adjunct
1: jobs. And then when I got offered a job, I was like, it's near my house, definitely. Yeah, of course. Um, But also, I was really like, this can't be self-indulgent. Like, I can't have all these children... And then no job. Because yeah, exactly. There's a lot of pressure, isn't there, on on it's, anyone doing a PhD? But. No,
0: I think it's a no. It's a it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Um, and then with regards to, I mean, I guess I guess this segues quite nicely into the into a kind of wider conversation of what it means to be a parent and a, and, and an academic. So as I was saying to you before we started having our conversation for the podcast. Um, I went camping this last weekend with some friends. Um, We went to Kent. They're both academics as well. And they were sort of like, you know, in the fortunate position of, you know, sharing their parental leave. I think academia can be quite good for that, depending on what kind of department you're in, like probably, but like, but you know, we were talking about how obviously, you know, academia, um, there can be a lot of pressure with it, you know, and one of of our friends, he works at Birkbeck, so the hours are a, a bit different to other universities as well. Probably quite similar to the OU actually, with lecturers who work at the OU. It might be evenings that you're doing your lecture or your tutorials. And I was just saying that, I mean, with my new job at the Arts University, everyone seems very childish, lovely. And actually, everyone at the OU was lovely, too, when I used to take Efra and seminars and stuff. But I sort of wanted to take the kids into the Arts University to meet my colleagues. And in some ways, I don't know, there's something quite nice about doing that. And then people kind of maybe get it a bit more if you're a bit scatty, or a bit kind of, you know, and I don't know. I'm scatty in general. I'm from an arts background. But I just wonder within academia if there doesn't need to be more discussion and dialogue about what it means to be a parent and being an academic because I think you do sometimes get this attitude of like oh you've got kids now as if you're like selling out in the arts you can get this too I, I attended a very interesting symposium with female artists talking about how they felt some had had really good experiences of galleries accommodating them for residences and some some had, had awful experiences and I just wonder how you feel being you know an academic with children and You know, is it something which you have, you know, had very positive response to? Is it something which you find a bit challenging sometimes, especially when writing papers, trying to make a conference or a journal paper deadline, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, interesting question, because obviously pre-COVID, I've had some really good experiences in terms of getting funding to take my children on conferences. So the OU, when I was a student, paid for my family to come uh, to Norway with me, Uh, When I was at Bournemouth, you know, as a full-time academic, they paid for um, my family to go out when I was teaching in a summer school. So I think actually when you ask sometimes, although that might not be a usual question Mm. to say, well, if if I find an Airbnb that's the same price as the posh hotel you would put me up in, does it make any difference to you? And I'll pay flights. So I think there is, you know, in a way that's been nice. I really like to take my family um, on the adventures. But of course, within COVID, it's a different yeah. ball game. So in a way, talk about visibility. I've had my children bomb into a meeting online quite a few times <laughs> or cry in the background. <laughs> it's that funny thing, isn't it? Because on the half, half of, you know, I'm a feminist academic and I think, mm. well, maybe it's good. Here you are. Here's my reality. Yeah. You, you know, women do have children and academic career. So I'm, it's sort of an activist part of me that want, wants the increased visibility. But trying to find headspace to write with homeschooling, mm. schools shut, is just been a, a massive challenge, which I think universities haven't really done that much. Although it's a very flexible job.
0: Mm. This
1: is safe for the PhD, isn't it, being yeah. a student. It's very flexible and accommodating. But that's, it's still on, the onus is on you to deliver.
0: Yeah. Whatever
1: so if you can get your thesis and do it at night i work to the weekends yeah, fine
0: yeah but
1: there's no you know i've seen some universities for phd students do give you know childcare um support yeah, you know exactly. support you know they, they, I, don't, I don't think in the uk there's i've seen many examples of practical help yeah. really but it's the job isn't it there's the pluses and the minuses
0: yeah, and you just hope that kind of by having these dialogues more, it will kind of happen more. I mean, I was thinking, it'd mm-hmm. be interesting to have a discussion with, um I guess maybe like you know NUS, NUS is the right term, isn't it? You yeah. know, or maybe like under students' unions and stuff, and just kind of I don't know. But then linking it up with you know someone, you know, like pregnant than like you know pregnant and screwed or mother pucker or you know, because a lot of people have been campaigning obviously over COVID for like. You know cheaper childcare for parents who have been really like screwed over by it and who are you know being expected to really do their jobs to the full potential while looking after these little people who do not who do not quite get it understandably why should they you know yeah. um yeah no definitely definitely and it's yeah i mean there's so many kind of parallels i think with yeah just kind of academia and again as i said like me being from an arts background and just seeing how that can be and you know mm. it's yeah and i've had a few instances with a ether kind of streaking butt naked crawling on the back of the sofa when myself and my (laughs) line manager have been in like a research meeting trying to partner with someone and they have not looked particularly impressed and where they're trying Mm. not to laugh maybe that's unprofessional others but like it is it is a it is the reality of it and it's the reality of working at home and i think with a lot of people like you know academics in particular that reality is not that far like far-fetched from maybe the normal reality actually of being in academia and you're trying to fit stuff in around it and trying to work stupid hours and you know Mm -hmm. but anyway no it's um is you know i think there's a lot to kind of move forward with it but i think these conversations kind of happening is is very very positive so yes me
1: too yeah
0: and i guess just to kind of finish up really is are there any like I don't know, just like a few points of like tips or tricks that you would give um, a pregnant PhD student to sort of help them through their PhD if they if they do have a little kid during it. You know, any like closing words of wisdom, I guess.
1: Yeah. Oh, um, I've got a few things that I think have helped me. I certainly I engaged with um, some really good Facebook groups. Mm. You know, there was doctoral mum life. Um, particularly which is an American one and it's like so much solidarity you know all these other mums sharing their graduation pictures and moaning and supporting each other so I think reach out online there's also similar books like that um mama phd is one of them there's a few kind of collections edited collections where women share their stories so I just kept surrounding myself with stories of women who did it yeah thinking this is possible this is possible um on a practical basis, I'd say outsource everything you can, you know, whether you can afford like food deliveries, cleaning help, a bit of childcare, like anything you can shift, um, then do. And I think mostly I just feel like I let go of trying to be perfect about five years ago because it's the same with any paper I write, with the thesis. I don't know if I'm going to get to that point of, this is as good as it could have been if I was a hermit living in an old <laughs> you know, Victorian university yeah. with a beautiful office. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do that, at least until the kids leave home. Yeah. If, I, if
0: I'm then, still doing
1: this job, then. You know? I was
0: going to say, but then they'll be coming back at weekends from uni, and be like, Mom, Dad, exactly. you know, it's, they're just with you forever now. So if that's it.
1: So I just think, well, it's, it's only ever going to be good enough. Like, you have to be more pragmatic and, um, you know just think done a thesis done is better than it not done you know forget perfect so
0: yeah oh thank you very much okay i'm gonna round up our little chat now but just thank you it's been so good talking to you about this and i'm sure that anyone listening will find it really inspiring so thank you very much thank you for making the space it's nice Mm -hmm.